Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. I'm Ida Pearlie here at the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association and we have a special guest with us, Ryan Disney from Red Arrow Farms. Ryan, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. I know we're coming into Croptober as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all right. Thank you. It's it's always, I'm always glad to talk with uh, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So real quick, I just want to give a shout out because you, you are on the cover of one of our magazines. Yeah. <laughs> so when Robin and I first came out to see you, gosh, that was what, 2019, Spring I think? Spring of 2019, yeah. We 20, were yeah, in that trailer. Yeah. We hadn't even gotten our outdoor field uh, approved yet or the big one anyway. Right, right. So that led to um, you coming into... Um, the system and and navigating through certain regulatory issues. Do you want to mm -hmm. explain, you know, our our uh, your role in that and our role in that and, and and how all of that facilitated? Yeah, I mean that that first issue was just getting that outdoor field approved. Um, so Red Arrow Farm, we're primarily an outdoor grower, and I think at the time we may have been the first to actually get licensed or to get approved. Um, so we had some issues with it seems like all the regulations are really were written and thought of for indoor cultivation. So there were some tweaks that, that we had to make um, some of the regulations around uh, camera coverage just don't really make sense. I mean, they make a lot of sense indoors when you're growing, you know, plants that are two feet tall. Um, but when you're growing plants that are nine or 10 feet tall and you can literally get inside of them, the, the requirement at the time was, uh, a person's hands had to be visible at all times. So that's just mm -hmm. not possible. We couldn't physically take care of the plants outdoors and uh, meet these ultra stringent uh, regulations. But, you know, so we, we sort of brought those issues uh, to you guys. We collectively went to MRA and um, they've been really great to work with to sort of um, update regulations based upon practical considerations. Mm -hmm. And that really helped a lot of, you know, outdoor farmers um, yeah. to navigate, you know, to, to be able to give an, a timeline in order to, you know, make changes uh, to the grow cycles. Yeah, uh, how important was that? Well, grow cycles and sort of allocating what you're going to do with, with your product, with the thing you're growing. Um, our Red Arrow's kind of plan from the beginning was to have uh, large outdoor cultivation and co-located processing. So we would be turning flour into processed goods. Um, that, I mean, of course we would want to be able to sell flour if, if that was available. It turned out mm -hmm. in that first year that it wasn't because the heavy metal requirements were so tight that we just couldn't, it, it's not like we had a lot of heavy metals in our flour. It just, we just couldn't quite meet the, or we couldn't reliably meet the, um, the limits. And because testing is so expensive, we just decided to kind of go back to the original plan and just go straight for, um, to process everything. Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually how I think we, we really got involved with you guys. We, we, so we did a bunch of research looking at, okay, so why, why are we failing these, these tests? Uh, we went and looked at both sort of the, the plant side, which is sort of my background, but also um, like, why are the regulations what they are? Like, are these mm -hmm. regulations appropriate? 
and we found that um, I can't prove it, but it looks like somebody in either Colorado or California just copied and pasted a, a table from. Um, so USP is an NGO that does <laughs> this sort of fundamental testing for heavy metals and food and drugs and all sorts of things. And we found this one table that says, you know, uh, these limits are based upon 10 grams a day of a, of a fictional drug inhaled drug product. And it looks like someone just copied and pasted that whole thing in without going back to look and see if that 10 gram a day figure was really appropriate. Um, so we dug into the scientific literature and it seems like it's not really justified. It should be something more like two grams a day. Um, right. And so we brought that information to you and Robin, and then we kind of all got in the room with uh, Director Brisbo and MRA and we sort of presented the evidence. And um, from there, we had a series of other conversations. Um, I think uh, uh, that's then Director Briswell convened the Scientific Advisory Workgroup, uh, which I'm on, and we sort of did this in a more formal way and said, hey, here's, this is, you know, this is a very justifiable figure. And based upon that evidence, um, MRI actually doubled all of the analytical testing limits for all of metals. Um, mm -hmm. So that was another sort of example of where, you know, we, you know, industry had an issue we brought it to the industry group and together with regulators, we came up with a solution that sort of met everybody's needs. Mm -hmm. Th that's really impressive. Uh, thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. I think we've got more room on that too, actually. <laughs> yeah, it so, sounds like it. It sounds yeah, like it. So uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about your your background. So you're, you come from the scientific, uh, you're a mm -hmm. scientist? Yeah, uh, I have uh, my bachelor's in uh, plant biology from Michigan State, master's from Northwestern. Um, okay. I was in sort of plant biology, ecology um, as an undergrad. Um, and then after school, I went and worked in commercial real estate for no good reason. But I, on the side, I was uh, consulting in kind of any capacity that or industry that had sort of a plant ecology uh, aspect and industrial aspects. So, um, worked on the bioremediation of surface waters, paper industry, packaging, alcohol, kind of anything that had sort of both of those components. Um, and I sort of backed into the cannabis industry because I think I want to say 2014, um, Illinois was rolling out their, um, excuse me, was rolling out their medical program. And a friend of a friend uh, knew some people that were applying for one of those. So I ended up writing a big chunk of their application. And that application was awarded one of the two licenses in the city of Chicago. Oh, wow. Um, so that was sort of my entry into cannabis, um, sort of kept in touch with the people who, who ran that license. And then um, in... 2018 or so, uh, my wife and family and I uh, were living in London, and I got an email kind of out of the blue saying, hey, I know you're from Michigan, uh, I'm working with this new group, are you interested? And then here I am. So wow. I've been with okay. Red Arrow since sort of the very start of 2019. Okay, that's, that's impressive. Um, so now I know they reached out and, and you moved back, but you're, you're not in Michigan, you're in Chicago. 
right? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. We live in Chicago. So the Red Arrow is on the west side of the state, sort of where my family's from. My parents live there. Um, so I, I sort of commute as needed. Uh, 2019, that was quite a lot. I was there mm -hmm. four or five days a week, sometimes more. Um, now it's, you know, a couple of days a week, sort of depending on the, uh, depending on what's going on. Nice. Okay. And you're in Bangor, correct? Red Arrow Farms yeah. is in Bangor? Yeah. 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 That's, that, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I see cool. a lot of 94. <laughs> I know it well. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about like your sustainability as far as a farm and how you're wanting to move forward um, in recycling? And mm -hmm. um, yeah. What, what uh, does that big, look like? Um, the biggest sustainable thing that we did was just decide to make an outdoor farm. Um, okay. There's, uh, it's, I mean, everyone's sort of aware of the uh, infrastructure required to grow indoors and it's just a whole lot less outdoors. We get, you know, the sun is a very great light and uh, <laughs> it does a good job of growing cannabis. The, the, the sort of issue that we're having most is that we're trying to grow plants that have gone through this big, uh, call it prohibition bottleneck where, uh, law enforcement sort of force growers to grow, you know, in the sixties and seventies, they were growing these big plants outdoors. Um, and then the authorities started using helicopters to police that. And so it sort of forced people to, um, you know, that's when they started um, introducing all these sort of dwarf genetics or the sort of indica genetics where it's sort of a, a lower, not big upright tree, it's sort of a lower plant, smaller okay. plant, you know, so instead of a, uh, 12 foot tall, you know, monster, you'd get something that was like four or five feet tall, or maybe you were trying to harvest a couple of weeks before you knew the, hel the helicopters are showing up. And then, you know, seventies and eighties, it, it got even worse that people were pushed indoors. So then the size of the plant really mattered. So then we're trying, they were uh, okay. really creating these sort of smaller plants. Um, and along that process, the, a lot of the traits that are important in an agronomic context, doing what we're trying to do, grow outside and minimal inputs and all that, just were sort of ignored because they weren't important for those growers that were growing in highly controlled environments and sort of off the radar. If they got a, you know, a, a disease infestation or whatever, they could just wipe the slate clean or hit it with the nastiest fungicides that they could find and that's not something that we can do. So, um, you know, it, it took a while to, to find sort of a suite of plants that were more or less happy to grow where we're growing them and, you know, had the yields that we were looking for and the potency mm -hmm. and uh, didn't require as much trellising and all that stuff. And I think there's a lot of improvement there and that's great for sustainability because the biggest thing that we can do to re sort of average down our um, impact is to grow more with less. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, every business is trying to do that. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so I just, I think there's more of an opportunity to do that uh, outdoors than there is indoors. I think indoors is, is I mean, of course, there are always going to be efficiency improvements, um, but there's just not enough um, opportunity there. Okay. That's interesting. Um, 
what's your what what's the biggest difference between outdoor and indoor? I, I know you you talked about it a little bit, but what what's the biggest thing? Um, biggest thing, or the difference? Uh, I guess. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's controlled environment. Controlled environment. I mean, that that's right. So, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, by and large, grow prettier flower indoors. You know, okay. it might. You're also able to grow plants indoors that you'd never be able to grow outdoors. So these plants that are really supercharged, high, super high THC, great, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can grow those indoors, and so it sort of looks more efficient to grow indoors. But it's just that the breeding for indoors is so much farther along. It, it, uh, people have been breeding these plants for 50 years, you know, sort of on this trajectory to to grow indoors. And, you know, I'm not saying that it it hasn't happened outdoors. It's just not on the same scale or, Mm -hmm. you know, there are plants that are, you know, adapted to the West coast that don't really aren't necessarily appropriate for, you know, the environment that we're trying to grow in. Um, So, you know, we're on the West side of the state, we're kind of in um, the um, uh, lake effect snow area. So we get a lot of weather. Uh, okay. Last year, our farm actually got hit by a tornado. Oh, um, wow. It, uh, okay. it, it went directly over our property. It, actually, it surprisingly didn't kill all that many plants, but it um, it unplanted about 2,500 plants. So oh it just sort goodness. of sucked them up out of the ground and put them right back down. Right, um, right. But the worst part about that was it scattered all of our plant tags everywhere. So oh, we spent, no. Oh, no. we spent weeks finding tags and putting them back on plants or retagging them. And it just, that's another one of those things where tagging every plant makes a lot of sense indoors, mm-hmm. but outdoors there are, you know, we didn't anticipate, you know, having to, you know, <laughs> replant, you know, a, a quarter <laughs> of our crop and retag half of it. Right. Um, right. And then, right. You know, it, it that tornado it killed a couple of hoop houses. It destroyed a barn, and it was just something that uh, not a lot of indoor growers, at least I haven't heard have that they've had with. to deal with. Yeah, right, right. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, so you have an eighty-acre farm. Is that correct? It's about eighty acres. There's probably okay. half of that is arable. Um, I think we're up to about um, call it twenty-five acres. That's um, enclosed in our you know in currently in our perimeter um nice. but we're so we've got that outdoors we're also we've got um uh greenhouses coming online now and we'll have some some indoor space um probably q1 next year okay okay and uh what about your products i know you've got some um cartridges that in flower and and what's your what what you do you have a little bit of flower uh, we've got a little bit of flour, mostly, um, we've, we've got, uh, three, four different varieties of carts that, um, okay. are selling pretty well. Uh, but we've got more things in the pipeline. So nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's, that's always exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Very sure. cool. Yeah. So, um, do you have a personal, story with cannabis other than, you know, just wanting to get into it because of the plants. Like, I guess what drew you to plants? I, you have to have a personal story, you know, with cannabis because it is a plant. So. Yeah. I mean, I really am more interested in cannabis as a plant. Um, I, 
I'm a user on a small level. I, you know, was in college and high school a little bit, but it was really the, the plant science aspect is really kind of grabbed a hold of me. There's just such an opportunity. I, this, this sort of opportunity will never happen again. And certainly in my lifetime where um, a plant went from, you know, prohibition, it was, we weren't allowed to study it um, in any meaningful way. And now, I mean, I was an essential worker, you know, in, in the right. course of two years, we went from sort of not legal. When I first started with Red Arrow, I reached out to a bunch of old colleagues and, you know, people were saying, yeah, let's talk, but uh, use my personal email address. They, they'd like, there was this <laughs> wall where they just didn't want to deal with it. Um, you know, they all have grants and things and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we've got people you know, knocking on our door saying, hey, can we do something together? So it's been really interesting to sort of reconnect with um, sort of academia and we're working with industrial partners on a bunch of different research and development projects. So that's sort of what the the research has really got me going. It's, um, you know, it's just, there's always something to learn and problem solving and finding solutions that other industries have already figured out and sort of applying them in in this right. new context um you know and it, it it's really everything especially for outdoor i mean they're just you know we're we're, we're scouring the world for different kinds of tractors that allow, allow us to be you know a little bit more efficient we found this danish firm that makes a really interesting outdoor it's got these outrigger uh uh, I guess, yeah, they're outriggers. You know, you sit in the cab of the thing and my shoulders are touching the sides, but because mm-hmm. these outriggers move, you know, you can change the width spacing. We can basically get rid of our drive aisles, which makes, you know, that land that much more efficient. So it wow. makes a really big difference. Yeah, that's really cool. That That's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how does it feel um, to essentially be making medicine for, for patients? I, you know, I, I mean, I know rec, this is what's interesting. Everyone says, you know, well, you know, people are smoking, you know, rec's legal now. Okay. That's great. Yeah. But, but there's still another component. There's, there's still medicine being made and, and you're supplying medicine. So how does that feel? It, it's really interesting. Um, so, so how do I get at this? Um, it, a lot of my friends, so I've got five five different friends or family members who know someone that's had cancer and mm-hmm. started using cannabis specifically because of that. And so it's everybody's like older parents or their grandparents. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the stigma is in these little pods is like wiped away. They're just like, oh, how, how could we didn't know about this 10 years ago? Right. Um, and so, sort of getting to see how it affects people's lives in this really positive way, when those same people would have thought the exact opposite 10 years ago, is really sort of fascinating. So, I mean, who knows what the what is sort of coming down the line? And I mean, the research is just so new, and there's there's there are new things coming out all the time about. The, the positive benefits for people and the possible applications in all these different areas. It's really interesting to be part of that and mm-hmm. you know gratifying to know that something that you're doing um, 
you know, in a professional setting, you know, we're all getting paid and like a lot of people wouldn't be doing this if that weren't the case, but the, the work that we're doing really is making positive impacts in other people's lives. So that's, it's like this really great silver lining for me because, you know, I, I'm not doing it because of that, but it's, it's <laughs> great. Right, right. And in a way you're, you're helping establish a quality of life um, for people who really don't have one or they're, they're looking to, you know, find a better quality of life. And it sounds, yeah. you know, like you, you have that experience with, yeah. with friends, you know, and, and again, it's breaking well, down those stigmas. It, it's, it's helping them understand. Yeah. Red Arrow wouldn't exist um, if it wasn't for a situation like that. Um, our founder, Barry Roloff's daughter, Brittany, who works for the company and is a big part of the reason we exist. I think she was at the time, the youngest medical patient in the state when uh, in Michigan, when it rolled out or one of the youngest, and mm -hmm. it's made a huge impact on her life positively. And um, so because of, you know, her unfortunate sort of medical conditions, you know, we've, this whole thing is sort of grown around that negative and is helping to provide really for her and for anybody else in Michigan who needs it. Yeah. And for me that I think that's like the most heartwarming, you know, part of this whole industry is it's again, we're, we're giving a quality of life back to people who didn't have one, you know, we're suffering from pain, migraines, debilitating mm -hmm. pain. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's refreshing, you know, when there's people who don't really have a personal story, but they understand the impact and how important it is and really what's driving this industry. Um, so mm -hmm. I appreciate your work. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important. And uh, we, we all have to stick together and, and keep driving this, this industry forward. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to keep that, you know, front of mind. That's um, in, I mean, everything kind of is related, but that, that's one of the reasons I'm really interested in sort of the regulatory side, because sort of the, the, the more careful we are with our regulations, sort of the the bigger the opportunity is to increase the regulated market mm -hmm. and sort of get um, more people into it, make sure that the products that they're using are safe and effective and consistent. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think all these things are really closely related and mm -hmm. um, sort of making sure that every piece of it is sort of thoughtful is um, important. Definitely, definitely. And we de definitely need more, you know, scientists in, in this industry who are researching it and, and finding yeah. the different benefits and, and how it's plugging in, you know, those those gaps where we're missing in certain pharmaceuticals and, and just different, you know, mm -hmm. lifestyles, you know, that we live. Yeah, yeah, it's great seeing sort of, um, we're, we're starting to, to get inquiries from from college students, you know, saying, like, how can I get involved? And part of that's another regulatory issue or we can't, if they're not 21, we can't, you can't come on site. Right. Um, and so right. like, how do we sort of, and, and we've, uh, I've had, I don't want to talk at a school, but um, had some talks with MRA about how we can um, uh, sort of work within the rules that are set and the regulations and still um, uh, sort of grow that next generation of, of professionals who will tackle a lot of these problems. Right, right. And then that's important because we, there is going to be a younger generation coming up into this industry that needs to be trained and fully vetted and knows what the, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah.
yeah, yeah. so it, it's all it's boots on the ground and and so we appreciate that definitely um do you want to give a shout out or is there anything else that you'd like to say before we close um oh geez uh just buy outdoor flower <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh indoor flower looks great but outdoor man come on right right but, there, know, there, there's, a, there's a true passion and then and, and cultivating and, and blood, sweat and tears. I mean, it goes into both of them. I understand that. But I think outside you, you're definitely more open to the elements and Mother Nature. And absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I sort of tongue in cheek, but yeah, no, it's I, <laughs> I'm just happy to be, you know, working in the industry with, with a bunch of people, you know, you, you're, you guys included that are, mm -hmm. you know, interested and um, passionate about sort of what we're doing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate you taking your time out today and joining us and sharing a little bit about Red Arrow and um, your your products. And, and we encourage everyone to go out into dispensaries and buy them and support Red Arrow Farms and yeah. everything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and if anyone out there is interested in, you know, working on an outdoor farm, hit us up. If, um, you, if you're in industry or in academia and you want a place to do research, come find me. Nice. That's good to know. Well, we'll have to help you promote that. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. We, we definitely need more scientists and, and people passionate, you know, I mean, we have a pretty passionate industry uh, anyways, but um, I think the scientific part, the passion, you know, has to, has to come too. So Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And, and we look forward to our summer conference next year. Yes, absolutely. I got to get you out on the boat party. You haven't come. <laughs> I have. Well, I had, I had a family thing uh, this year. So I, I, I'll, sign me up. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. We understand that next year. I'm holding you to it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan. Well, you take All care right. and say hi to everyone at Red Arrow Farms for us. And uh, we'll have to get back out there soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ida. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'm Ida Pearlie here at the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association. Next week, we are going to uh, be in Vegas at the um, MJ BizCon out there. Um, hopefully, we might be able to do a little, you know, online here and there. We're not sure. Um, but join us uh, the following week uh, for our, our next podcast, and we'll see you all then. Take care. Bye-bye.